Right. Are you recording? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Episode eight. I need a reminding today. I've got two Reddit thread commenty things. Okay. All right. Yeah. One I thought was asking for some advice, like a colleague to colleague in a nursing setting, and then I've scanned it. I don't think it is. I think it's more of like a living situation. But, A, as a nurse, and B, as an employee uh, of international staff, it may be something that you can shed light on. Oh, is the person an international? Oh, I don't know, to be fair. I'm not sure. I might say. Second okay. one is a student nurse about finding their specialism. And I know you found a specialism eventually, which we'll get to. So I thought it might be quite nice for you to uh, take a trip down memory lane and um, kind of talk about your early experiences. Oh, and right. I don't know whether someone might need advice or not, or just kind of we can have a little story time from you. Right. Okay, so okay. crack on. Yes, please. Crack on, Basil. Okay, 19 hours ago from Throw Away Nurse Stress. Okay. That's their name, screen name. Mm-hmm. I reside in staff housing. Yeah. This is where I got the international thing from, obviously. It might not be. Mm-hmm. Sharing the space with a mix of international and local nurses. The building I inhabit is slightly smaller, resulting in limited room for all of us. For instance, we have to share seven freezer sections among eight strangers who heavily rely on frozen food, leading to some tensions. Oh, you don't want that when you've been on shift and you can't get your dinner. No, I am blue. Yes. Blue. Yeah, I can imagine that coming in late and then you're like, who's eating my chicken nuggets? It's really annoying because you don't get to eat when you're working, or very rarely. I had a dispute with one of the international nurses who continuously occupied the kitchen area. Didn't go to work then, apparently. (laughs) Continuously, Mm -hmm. making it impossible for others to cook. A few months later, I returned home after a long night shift Mm -hmm. to find that her friend had removed all my frozen food and dumped it on the counter. You're joking. Apparently not. That's not on. Not on. In a note, like a handwritten note. She claimed to have asked me several times to clear my food, though she hadn't. Why? Sorry. Maybe she's spilt over a shelf. I suppose if it's seven shelves between eight people, uh, some people... Yeah, then you'd be taking one or two items out to make space, not clearing the whole thing. Some people are what they are, I suppose. Aside from the loss of expensive food that had to be discarded, I now have no freezer space left. What added to the frustration was that she waited until I left for my night, for my night shift to, to remove the items instead of communicating her devious plan. I've, re- I've added the word devious, it just says plans. Okay. I informed her that I would report the issue to HR and seek compensation, but she refused to reveal her name. This must be the friend of the person who lives there. Possibly, or maybe they like, live Don't exist. in the night, so... Like Builder John's business partner that he used to go and speak to. <laughs> that wasn't Builder John, it was someone else, but yeah. yeah. Uh, I did file a grievance with HR, providing her room number, but they mentioned that without her name, they couldn't conduct Yeah, that's what I mean. I don't think they know each other's names in the shared house. Oh, you don't think? No. Often they don't. I was going to say, is that not weird? I be- Well, yeah. I, just, I believe their response is inadequate. I'm assuming that means the HR. Yes. Please, can I know your thoughts and what would you do in this situation... I can kind of imagine what you would do in that situation. (laughs) (laughs) P.S. The landlord isn't interested in getting involved. Before you come in with your gung-ho attitude, Mm. all Texas pistols blazing, 
What the hell is the shared living space, staff, staff housing? How does that work within NHS placements, etc.? Well, <laughs> the shared housing, or in my experience, is normally literally either a property owned by the trust, which should be close to said trust, or there's actual housing rooms, like little tiny apartments, like a student flat. Yeah, but I'm assuming this isn't student accommodation. This no, no, is no, obviously... but it's in the hospital. It's actually directly in or attached to the hospital. So it used to be massively, massively popular in, like, Mum's Day. Everyone moved into the, what they called the nursing home. And that's where the nurses... <laughs> the nurses' home. Yeah, but they called it the nursing home, where the nurses in training would all move in together so you didn't have to live with all the scabs, respectfully in the student blocks when you're working. Oh, honestly, that was, that's a very mm. unpleasant experience. Yeah, so right. you would live with people who were working same shifts and things like that. Anyway, it fell you out. You're respectful of your own situation. Oh, well, yeah, because you're all doing the same thing. Anyway, but that sort of fell out of fashion. When people started stealing things from freezers. No, it fell out of fashion when there was, like, the uni boom and people went to uni to do all sorts of different courses, like the mix. Became... Or, the, well, the change in becoming a nurse from... I mean, you still did a diploma nurse, but you still went to university. But, but the change, I suppose, from yeah. the vocational side, like your mum... Maybe. ...to more of a, you go to university but... and do a course and live in and pay thousands of pounds. Yes, I know. But, no, the actual nurse's home thing, which was run by the matron who would manage the trust, that stopped decades mm. ago. Yeah. Um, she would check your uniform and everything was starched appropriately. They always wouldn't be allowed out. There was no boys allowed in. Because obviously in those days there was only women that were training as nurses. Boyfriends weren't allowed. My dad was actually locked in a wardrobe when the fire drill happened once and mum didn't know it was a drill. <laughs> but rather than risk... Calm and calculated as always, your mother, I'm sure. <laughs> anyway, um, so that sort of fell out of... Of popularity, Fashion, yeah. yeah. With a lot of maintenance involved. But anyway, obviously yeah, it's come back so, to a degree with international... Well, then it's always kind of been, been present. There, yeah. So it's been present in if you wanted to pull somebody in, say, from a, a trust down south, then you would need to be able to say, look, have you come work this week for us because we're short in wherever, we'll house you. So then you get this crappy little student Yeah, thing. although what's weird is obviously you've got HR and the landlord... Yeah, so... So it's obviously paid for by the trust, yeah. but it's still a private... As so not said owned by the, the trust. beginning... Yeah, I don't remember the back There's that, so. often... Um, trust will own properties close to the trust. There's tons around our local hospital. Yeah, but the trust so obviously doesn't own this one. No, but they might lease it on behalf of... And then use yeah, they it take it... Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, we lose So they'll it take out. it as an employer, and then they'll, like, sublet-ish kind of thing. So that's happened for years. It's also... There could be another episode out of this. Do you not remember the scandal with the anaesthetist? Did I not tell you about that? We won't call an anaesthetist in the hospital provided digs. Are we talking your time or...? Mm. No. Anyway, we'll come to that. Keep that for later. Yeah, but um, properties became abused, should we say. And misused. Mm. So, (laughs) anyway, I'm assuming this lady is stuck in a shared house, which is probably, well, will be leased by the NHS. We don't know that it's a lady, I suppose, but we assume... I'd find it a bit odd if they were... Statistically speaking. Into, anyway. So my advice, long story short, that is completely inappropriate. Um, the, the obvious question would have to be put back to HR in the first instance. As trivial as this sounds, but there are seven compartments to store food. There are eight people living in this house. It is up to HR to, to delegate said space. So regardless of HR responding to this woman chucking out all the food... You could definitely, definitely insist that HR 
looks at that situation. Yes. Well, because you're looking at HMOs, and I'm assuming it'll all be fine, but they've got they've had to have living spaces and amenities which are suitable for the number well, of people. Yes, so if you have a couple's room, a couple's room isn't it's not done on rooms, it's done on the number of people yeah. staying there. So. so if they can't, then there should only be seven people living in that house. And the reason that's mentioned is because the trust renting the property might be falling foul of mm. simple procedure and policy because as you rightly point out, there has to be adequate space for everybody. So the first thing is is go straight to HR and again again but say look regardless of you your ignorance to do with the actual complaint there needs to be proper allocated space for food storage um the issue that this person's going to have is the other person who's who's randomly chucking food away has obviously taken some whatever the word is to this person so my concern would be if it was me that that would happen again my actual advice to me as a person is i would knock on this Dudette's door and just ask the question like what do you think you're doing why have you done that x y z open a conversation and try and actually sort it out yeah yes this is what I was going to surely HR have got this person if this person is staying in the house and you know know. what room number it is then they know who it is which is why I thought it was the friend no it's not they obviously don't but you wouldn't in like a shared house but HR would know yeah, but HR will do anything to get out of doing something. Often. There's two options, really, isn't it? There's that, well, three. Open the door and say, Oi. What's going on? Yeah. Well, there's a fourth one, which is just get all her food and chuck it out the window. I mean, totally avoid saying that. I don't believe too There's that one. Right. Revisit HR and make it formal. Because technically, it's a crime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three would just be to suck it up, realise you're not going to get anywhere with crappy landlords, crappy HR and idiots who live in the same building and move. Well, yeah, obviously, but I'm assuming that's not an option for this person. Otherwise, maybe they'd be already doing that and not asking for advice on here. My, like I say, my advice is go to HR and raise a separate issue that that property needs to be fit for purpose and therefore there needs to be individual allocated spaces for the number of people living in said property. And if there's seven compartments of food and eight people, where the fuck's the eighth person supposed to put their food? So HR have to give a resolve to that. If they can't, they don't, they won't, then obviously that can be escalated because it becomes a legal issue. Yeah, although it might be, without knowing the HMO requirements, it may be fine. It may well be, but what I'm saying is there's at least grounds Mm. for some further whatever. Personally, I think, um, especially when there's any confrontation, the best thing to do, even if you're not a confrontational person, is to approach that person, not in a confrontational manner, but just be like, hi, um, you and me need to chat because... What, what's all that about because if you don't address it it's likely to repeat yeah as you know my theory with every human being that you manage encounter fall in love with whatever if you let a dog shit on the carpet a dog will continue to shit on the carpet so you you toilet train your animals so they go outside it's the same thing you need to tackle a problem otherwise it will just reoccur because if that person thinks oh well she's done nothing about it mm. i'll do it again for shits and giggles then um, yeah, you could always sweep the sweep, be the bigger person and sweep this one under the carpet, and then say, "But how are we going to do it moving forward?" Because yeah. I now know. Well, there's obviously the not space. going to be resolved for this. So, that, and the point of going and knocking the door won't be you owe me forty quid for the value of what was in that freezer. It'd be literally like, right, why did you do that, and what's the crack sort of thing? Because that can't happen again, can it? And work it out from there. But hit HR in a different way. Yes. Would you threaten the police? 
Depends. I mean, depends it's, how in, yeah. Yeah, it's a freezer drive of food. It depends how vulnerable the person feels being the person. Moving forward as well. Yeah, that's what I mean. So if they feel that they're, they're, they're vulnerable to this person or that living environment, then yeah, every help that you can get. But advisably, I would always try and be in a shared house with less people. My own personal experience, the more people in a property, the, mm. the, the more the property. If you can move, move. If, say. yeah, if you can and seek that as an option. Okay. Two. Next bit. I was just going to say one last thing. You could also buddy mm. up with somebody else. In the- yeah, you can't be in that situation. You're not going to be the only person who's having trouble. No, most so likely. I would just then do a little round of saying, "Might just be me, and this isn't a pity party. Just want to know if anyone else has experienced the same problem." Great, if not, sucks of you too. But sort of, and then even it's like, "Well, hi, I'm Kate. So um, I normally work this shift pattern, and I'm like, would you mind awfully just keeping an eye on mm. my stuff when I'm." Sorry, my stuff when I'm not in or whatever. Yeah. You know, strength in numbers. Yeah. Communication, communication, communication. People don't talk to each other enough. It's my opinion. Yeah. I think that's a good note to end on there. Mm-hmm. For that point. Toodles about 16 hours ago. Yeah. I think I've just had my when you know, you know moment okay. with regards to a specialism. And the question is, what was yours? I'll read it first. Though. Okay. Evening. I had my first day of placement today, second year student, shadowing a scrub nurse. I'm assuming that's not a... Um, Surgery. Surgical. Yeah. And I feel like I've found my people. Aw. I'm a mature student, 36. <laughs> I mean, that is mature for a student, but it's not it makes really, you yeah. feel like <laughs> Not old. <laughs> Who's been... <clears throat> Years doing project management, events, work, and left to pursue some different goals. Good for Good you. Good for you. Yeah, epic. Oh, where am I? I've been working bank in as many different places as I can the Very past couple sensible. of years, and I've been lucky enough to have great facilitators who have shipped me out to various settings over the past year and a half. I've really enjoyed challenging myself in new areas, but haven't felt the right click as of yet until today. Oh, good for her. I just loved being in theatre. I loved the precision, the anticipatory nature of the role. Mm-hmm. The live anatomy lesson, the feeling of helping people, but also being able to send them on their way. She'll mean to recover it. <laughs> that doesn't mean, that doesn't sound yeah. good, does it? Yeah, <laughs> what you mean. Getting it, yeah. Anyway. Getting into nursing was a big life decision and hearing so many negative stories made it an uphill struggle at times. But I've been glad of the path I chose these past couple of years. It feels like I'm reading a children's book. <laughs> no, I don't mean nasty. I know, I don't mean because of the writing. I mean because of the delivery. Okay. It, feels ju- it just feels so good to have found a wee niche where I think I'll fit. And that also fits me. So please... Help a cheery student out and give me your this is for me stories. Okay, well, first, I think that's lovely and that's great. Um, surgery was not for me and I knew that on minus day one when I was in cardiac surgery, so that wasn't my bag whatsoever. Um, mine was being in the throng of mess, noise. The, the throng. A throng, okay. A throng of mess, disruption, noise. Chaos. Aggravation, mayhem. Oh, it was just perfect. So to me, it was acute medicine. So I started in the eye hospital, which I am grateful for the experience because it's one of the biggest eye hospitals in the country. So I learned loads. 
But man, was it slow. So um, again, you're making loads of different... And I was in the A&E eye department, so that's kind of... It's exciting what comes through the doors of an A&E eye department? Things oh, in your eye? Things in your eye, um, metal splinters, plaster burns from um, builders and one thing or another. Mm, there al- was one alkaline. student who had absolutely horrendous rash and she couldn't know how she got it and it was chlamydia. Presents in the eye, just so you all know. But then do you send them um, down to the sexual health clinic or do they stay with the eyes? Well, she needed both. Because like, if you had a splinter in your eye, like yeah. is it eye surgery or do you get sent to just surgery surgery? Um, like, does it all stay within Well, most the of the eye? stuff can actually be done within the eye hospital. No, the eye hospital is separate. Is that like the eye hospital is its own hospital? Yeah, it's specialist. So. It's really cool. Yeah. So when um, the paramedics pick you up and you're like, you know, sticking out here, it's like, we need to take them to the eye hospital. It only certain trusts. Not the eye place. It? That's something completely That's different. That's different. Um, um, not every trust has an eye hospital. So, uh, as I say, I was lucky to be involved in that and it was good experience. But, but it was But it was dull. Um, and then I did stroke units and rehab which I liked I really enjoyed that I thought this is nice this is sweet but that linked into my experience of working in care homes and stuff before Uh, well technically residential homes um so that was like my norm no surprises kind of thing um then I went on to a gastro surgical ward which the ward manager there was vile and idle so two very infuriating things that you're working up and against. And that was quite interesting. Is that the one who asked you to stay on and you were like, why have you asked me? You're a knob. Yes, that's the one. So that was actually my second to last placement. But anyway, that was quite good because there was lots of gooey wounds and staples. and As you'd expect from surgery and gastro. Yeah, yeah. So that was, um, I liked that. That was, oh, this is is good. I actually enjoyed the placement. So like stoma bags. Stoma bags open, abdo surgery, great big cavities which were back packed. Um, Which puts you in a great position for community care down the line. Oh, yeah. Stoma stoma training and and stuff. There was obviously lots of young people with Crohn's and severe ulcerated conditions. And there was a couple of guys who were on the very sadly dying of liver failure because it kind of everything linked in at that point. So we had Mm. lots of people who were jaundiced as well. So that linked into the renal stuff. So that was quite interesting. And like I say, I like the, the wound aspect. That the gooiness, was, as you said in the other one. I like phlegm. I do. Anyway, don't don't spoil my, my explanation. Sorry, this that. is the... Because that was my moment. When you found your people. My people. Yeah, the gooey respiratory people. Anyway, then I had a placement on acute medicine, which was just general acute, where basically anyone that they didn't know what to do with out of MAU ended up there, and that was fab. That ranged from uh, young guys gangs out of the city, stab wounds, one thing or another, to people with dementia because they had no placement elsewhere. So it wasn't the right place for all the people in there because there was an absolutely huge variation of what you deal with on a daily basis. But as a student nurse, it was epic. It was such a good experience. So then I was like, yes, this is what I want to do. I want to do general medicine, definitely. Then they put me back in theatres, and I don't know why, because I didn't like theatres. And anyway, ended up back in there. Then I did HDU. Which is high dependency. Um, high dependency unit. unit, but for cardiology, because I had a cardiology placement, which linked into the theatre placement, and then on HDU for a bit. I didn't like HDU. I didn't like doing HDU when I was qualified either. Too many machines, not enough hands-on nursey stuff. I'm a bit old-fashioned in that way. It's very, very, very impressive, don't get me wrong. Um, but just didn't thrill me, should we say. Um, same with ITU. Again, amazing Absolutely amazing work what people do. 
But what does IT use to work? I'm assuming it's, it's intensive therapy. Unit. Therapy. Yeah. Because that's what ICU intensive care. Yeah, it's an intensive therapy or uh, yeah or ICU depending on different. But they're the same thing. Yeah, basically. Oh, okay. And then, then I got my last placement, which was when I found my people's definitely. <laughs> um, that was respiratory medicine, and within respiratory medicine, there was a couple of HGU beds. But that was more like acute HDU because you had to basically keep people breathing. So there's lots of manual intervention with that aspect of the nursing. Um, but it's on like my second day, um, one of the nurses I was, well, my mentor was suctioning somebody and it just looked amazing. And I said, can I have a go? And she's like, yeah, yeah, if you like. And that The patient's like, hold on, she's never done it before. She no, but it's not, it's not that. It's, I know, yeah. it's not that complex you just have to be I don't know I think it's more about the minerals doing it anyway um uh, yeah that was it I was like this is exactly where I want to be and um everything's fascinating on there because again you got quite a good variation you had a lot of young lads because it was a male ward who were in because of misuse of recreational substances should, bugger the lungs should we say so there was <laughs> mention one um which people don't realize that actually comes with really life-threatening consequences things like that but anyway um so your moment was suctioning yeah cool and why was that your moment because you could physically see the the good you were doing you were getting all that stuff out and then once you'd finished doing that and someone could take a breath it's like oh that was just amazing it was absolutely phenomenal so um and it can do so much for spiritually you then go into doing your cbgs which are like just little blood capillary tubes that you fill then you put them in the machine it tells you what's wrong with this person in a phenomenal way which like a routine blood test can't do and then you fix people so quickly and and um it linked to so many other things and it made such a big difference i mean there was a couple of people with cancer but not as many as you'd imagine. It was more acute stuff. Mm. Um, and lots of the people were elderly, which you know is my bag. So that was nice as well. And you get reoccurring, um, and they're not clients, they're patients obviously in the NHS, because if someone's got an exacerbation of something respiratory-wise, they're in there for weeks. Yeah. Um, and as you know, my, my favourite, my most favourite patient, Henry, was on there constantly to the point where I think in my last year, I don't think he wasn't there until he died, literally. He was in for the whole hog. Um, and so you really got to know the people you were looking after as well. So you get intermittent people, but then you get your, what we call your stays. So if Henry's admitted, it's like, well, he's here for at least... Residence. <laughs> yeah, basically. And that was a really, really nice part of it. Because something like that, um, people don't, don't recover from, but they can recover from the exacerbation and they go home for a little bit and then you know you see them again and but that that was a really rewarding part of it because you meant that you're facilitating people to to carry on well if you know what I mean yeah so that, that was definitely yeah how you found your people yeah it was cool was good and you can just tell right this lady's obviously had the same experience you walk in somewhere and you just know like it's almost automatic it's like okay this feels right I'm here. Because like you say, gastro was fine, but then... Yeah, and stroke rehab was interesting, but then this and one thing and another. And so you were enjoying everything you're doing, or the majority of it, but then that is a different 
feeling. And it's not just everything's roses because you went from like a gold ward to a white ward to a all the way around. It was white when I white started. to gold, and then yeah, and yeah. then we went. To so gold, you started. It wasn't gold. the best, and then was the yeah, best. So it's not like you walked onto like the perfect place. No, no, it was. You know, there was a couple of challenges, should we say? Which so we'll talk about on a separate episode. Yeah, but no, that's a nice story. I'm glad she's found her peoples. And next week, I will have the props. Okay, look forward to that. I now have to go. Yeah, you may leave. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Bye. Did you wave at me or? No, the people. Your people. Your new the pe- people. The people. The people. Our people. Our people. <laughs> <laughs>